Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Nation podcast. I am Mark Cook, back after a two-week, well, a two-podcast suspension. I'm back, boys. Anybody going to welcome me? Welcome back, Mark. Welcome back. Not really the... Well, are you ready to go? Expecting. Are you sure. ready to go? You know who's ready I'm to go? ready to go. Tom, Tom Brady's ready to yes. go. Tom freaking Brady's ready to go. Tom Who Brady. Who else we got in this podcast? Yeah, yeah. There's somebody else there. Taylor? I'm here. Back again. I don't even know how long my suspension's been. I've been off the same as lately. Same as myself. But uh, we are back. Matt Matera is producing this podcast. John Ledyard was suspended this week. Uh, he wrote too many. He wrote too many good articles, and there is a limit at Pewter Report. If you write too many good articles, you're not allowed on the podcast. So he's gonna have to uh, watch himself next week. But seriously, he's put out some really good content. I think we all have, guys. Um, not to pat ourselves on the back, but is the most comprehensive and the best post game coverage. And and I think we have the best pre game coverage as well. We want people to make sure to check things out. Stick with us during the game. Go to our message boards. We have a live active uh, message board thread where you can comment and interact with other readers. Also with the Peter Report reporters as we're watching the game. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter and all of those things. But Scott Matera will be your just, lively host on game days. Yes. He's the, the uh, Gene Rayburn of the message boards. Yes. He has no idea who that is. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> only ask. About, only about Here's four your- of our listeners right now. Yeah. Match game 75. Well, you know, Mark, you were talking about great content, and without really giving away our numbers or any trade secrets, uh, we are off to having the best month ever on pewterreport.com. So it just goes to show you the best September ever. No, the best month ever. Usually, it's April. Believe oh, the best, the best of 2020. Yes, and the best of all time. This is the highest traffic month we've we've experienced, and there's still 13 days left in the month as we're recording this Thursday afternoon, but. If your business out there, if you're listening, Pewter Nation, and you've got a, a business, or let's say you're the the marketing guy or the VP of of uh, you know of marketing for your company, and you're looking to expand your reach, uh, give us a shout here at Pewter Report. You can email myself uh, sr at pewterreport.com or mark at mark at pewterreport.com, and uh, find out how to how to get your business on the podcast and and also on pewterreport.com because we've got a ton of traffic as Tom Brady has helped make the Buccaneers a national team and from a local perspective brought so much interest back to the Buccaneers. And I think it was no surprise that that Bucks saints game, right, that, that pretty much won week one in terms of, of uh, fan appeal with the ratings. And all eyes are on Tampa this week as they prepare for the Carolina Panthers. And we're going to be diving deep into that matchup as this podcast goes along. Both teams – 0-1, the Bucks are 0-1 in the division after the loss last Sunday at New Orleans. Carolina coming off of a close loss at home against the Raiders. And let's just start with, with some, some Panthers prep because this is kind of a difficult team to prepare for because without any preseason games, and I know preseason's vanilla in terms of what teams show and don't show, but at least you can kind of get a feel for offensive formations, schematics, what they're trying to do. And really the Buccaneers go into this game, not totally blind like the Raiders did last week, but really with only one game worth of, of preparation to study. And that's last Sunday's game. Uh, Bruce Arian said they're diving back into LSU footage for what Joe Brady likes to run uh, offensively coming from LSU as the offensive coordinator with Joe Burrow last year. And then from a defensive standpoint, uh, 
Matt Rule's a defensive guy. He brought his defensive coordinator with him from Baylor. So the Bucks have actually been looking at some Baylor film uh, this week. But it does make it a little bit difficult to prepare for. There are some wrinkles with Todd Bowles' scheme this year and certainly a new quarterback in Tom Brady and Byron Lefwich and Bruce Arians calling things differently. But you still have last year's film to go back and look at. It's a little bit different as the Bucks prepare for the Panthers uh, this Sunday, right? Yeah, and, and I would say this, though, Scott. I would much rather be playing the Panthers week two than even week one if you had four preseason games, if that makes any sense. Because like you said, they're yeah. not going to show a lot in those four preseason games. Um, they didn't lay all their cards on the table last week against the Raiders, but you know what their basic formations are going to be, what their basic scheme is going to be that they're running on defense. Offensively, there's certainly pages and pages of the playbook that they didn't even delve into yet. But you understand the basics of what they're going to do. And it's not real, it's not real complicated offensively what they're going to do. They have Christian McCaffrey, the highest-paid running back in the NFL, most talented running back in the NFL. I guess maybe some Saquon Barkley fans may argue that, but in my opinion, he's the most versatile and all-around best running back in the league. And they're going to feed him the ball as much as they can, and they're going to play safe with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater does not throw interceptions. He just doesn't create a whole lot of turnovers. He didn't have – the Panthers as a whole didn't have any turnovers last week against the Raiders. Um, Bridgewater didn't have any, and he's probably not going to have any this week. Uh uh, you Don't know, maybe say that, Mark. Come well, on. Now. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> no this isn't. This isn't secondary. This isn't the week that uh, you know that you're going to get those turnovers in bunches. But that's okay. We've seen what the Buccaneers can do um, against Christian McCaffrey in both those games last year. They held him under 100 yards, and you know, there's a difference between Bridgewater and, and Kyle Allen. Wasn't that the guy that was playing quarterback yeah. last year? Wasn't that his yeah. name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bridgewater is certainly a better quarterback and is a better game manager. Well, but and, and he he he's not going to strike a lot of fear in the, in, in the Buccaneers secondary, and, and, and those receivers aren't going to strike a ton of fear. In, yeah, I, in, I'll say in, this. In the the Bridgewater, secondary. while playing with the Saints, you know, did have a really good day against Tampa, Tampa Bay. Uh, I think he had three touchdowns and did throw one pick. That was Sean Murphy Bunting picking off uh, Bridgewater. As he was guarding Alvin Kamara in the slot last year, getting his first career pick. So you're right, Bridgewater does not turn the ball over a bunch. But I do think that there, the emphasis will be on taking the ball away after the Bucks got blanked in that department. And, and it's really difficult, right? Because the Panthers didn't get any sacks defensively. The Bucks just had one sack last week. And Carolina, uh, their offensive line, um, you know, is, is good but not great. Certainly not as good as what you saw from. Um, from uh, New Orleans last week, but uh, but the you know Shaq, Shaq Barrett really had his his coming out game in week two on Thursday Night Football last year uh, up there in Carolina, getting to Cam Newton three times. Now this is a different type of offense with Joe Brady calling the plays. The ball gets out of Teddy Bridgewater's hands very quickly. It's a quick hitting passing game, and they're counting on some of their guys like DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey that are that are that have got speed to burn to really pick up yards after the catch. So it's going to be difficult unless these corners are really locking down uh, the Panthers receivers and Devin White can get out to McCaffrey pretty quickly. And he did that against Alvin Kamara last week, but it's going to be difficult to get to, to Bridgewater and to get those interceptions without great coverage, because you got to make him hold on to the ball or you got to make him throw the ball sooner than he wants to, because he's under duress. And Scott, I think um, I think it doesn't matter how many turnovers the Buccaneers get or don't get in this game because the offense, Buccaneers offense, is going to score a hundred points this week. Uh, <laughs> we we just got off a Zoom call with Tom Brady. Oh my gosh! Uh, he gave us all the death stare through the computer. 
Yeah. Um, I was, I, I sat up and, uh, and, and, and paid attention because I did not want to get yelled at by Tom Brady. Um, yeah. he started off right away, uh, being a little surly with Greg Allman and, uh, so uh what's your question? back to Jenna Lane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it though. I mean, yeah. I love to see that emotion from, from your, from your quarterback, from your leader. He's pissed. I about think that was week. maybe the first time all season that I've been happy we were building because someone might've gotten stabbed. I well, think he might have attacked a reporter the, just based – I mean, he looked mad. He sounded mad from the moment he sat down. Yeah. He just and seemed pissed off. Well, he seemed focused to me. He, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder after how he played in his debut with two interceptions, including the pick six and a loss. But I, I'll say this about Tom Brady. And, and I, I sent this out in the group text as, as, you know, as we get a feed report group text as we're texting during the – press conferences, making sure the questions get asked, et cetera, et cetera. And I texted it to you guys. I said, I said, Tom Brady wants to play like right now, 240 yes. PM on th <laughs> Thursday. He does. He wants to take the field right now. I mean, he wants to get his prep in. Don't get me wrong because you, you gotta, you gotta have Wednesday before you can have Thursday, get up Thursday before you can have Friday, get a Friday's practice before the walkthrough, the walkthrough before the game. I understand the whole preparation, but as a competitor, Tom Brady wants to play the Panthers right now and get last week's uh, taste out of his mouth, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think he would have been okay flying home on Sunday and meeting the Panthers at Raymond James Yeah, <laughs> uh, on the way back from the airport. Right. I mean, here's a guy that just has that competitive nature, right? He hates to lose. He's not used to losing. And there's one way to get over a loss. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, Taylor, when your girlfriend finally breaks up with you, which she will soon, but when she breaks up with you, the easiest <laughs> way to get over it is just go find another one. And it's the same way with Tom Brady. The easiest way to get over a loss is to go crush your next opponent. And I do feel sorry I'm on for time. I Carolina Panthers. <laughs> you are on borrowed time. Uh, you know. Anyway, Taylor actually has a girlfriend. There's some breaking news. That's good. Anyway, all right, we won't get into that. I do. Um, yeah. Well, listen, and, and, and Mark, you mentioned not even made up this time. <laughs> that's good. Invisible girlfriends making aren't good, steps, making as, steps. as as Manti Teo would would say. But yes. um, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, Mark, and the Bucks held him to just 110 total yards and two touchdowns on 44 touches in both games last year. Now. The Bucks won in week two. You and I were there for that awful loss in London. <laughs> um, and but at the same time, really, he was not as big of a factor as he has been against other teams other weeks. And and I think Tampa Bay's done a very good job. And one of those guys has done a very good job on um, Christian McCaffrey uh, is is Devin White, especially in that second game. The first game against the Panthers, he actually got hurt. Kevin Minter came in. I think he had seven tackles, played pretty well. But but man, Devin White this year. You talk about press conferences. Let's reflect a minute on, on his press conference because a completely different Devin White than what he was last year. When he got drafted, he kind of came in full of, of swagger and confidence. And I don't know if it was Derek Brooks talking to him uh, or if it was Levante David. Somebody got in his ear and just kind of dialed him back a little bit, right? And, and we, we saw a more subdued Devin White throughout the year. And maybe it was that injury in week two. Maybe that kind of put – the, the breaks on him a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe he had to do things before he was talking, whatever it was, right. He finished the season strong four fumble recoveries, including two for touchdowns, three forced fumbles, two and a half sacks an interception. Those are the splash plays you're looking for 
when you draft an off-the-ball linebacker with the fifth overall pick. And the Bucks got criticized for it, but I thought that Devin did his part. But boy, coming out of the gates in week one, 11 tackles, a tackle for loss, a pass defense, really neutralized Alvin Kamara. And so when he took the podium in this week's Zoom conference call, you saw that swagger. You saw that that confidence. And um, writing about it for, for tomorrow's SR's Fab Five columns, just some observations. I also talked to Kevin Minter and got some really good quotes about Devin White. But you can just tell he's amped up for this challenge and going one-on-one with Christian McCaffrey, whether it's uh, on running plays or, or you know flaring out into the flat to cover him as a receiver. Devin White is coming to play this year, and he wants to not just play well. He wants to play great, be great, and have this Buccaneer defense be great as well. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we, you and I can talk about that initial press conference, right, after he was drafted and introduced to the media, and he came in the media room, and, um, you know, he was, he was full of bravado. And, and we both looked at each other and were like, this guy's a combination of Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp, right? Exactly. Um, yes, we said right that. Right. that. <laughs> the bigger they are, the harder they fall, talking about Cam Newton. And uh, yeah. he's fast, but I'm faster. You know, he, he came out real ready. But now, I mean, this team is just so focused. This team is young, and we've talked about that. But, they, I mean, it, granted, it gets a little older when you look at guys like JPP and Gronkowski and adding Tom Brady. But the team is so young but seems so focused. And you hear that from him. You hear it from Sean Murphy Bunting. He just seems like so much more mature than a second-year player. You've heard uh, Rapone talk about Antoine Winfield and how sharp he was, the notes he t- takes, how he said he's more mature than most rookies would be stepping in. And I think that's the biggest thing is these guys, despite being young, the Bucs have drafted mature players, and they understand what the stakes are. They know that this team is all in. And they're not, they're not buying into the hype necessarily, but they're buying into their expectations. And they're trying to live up to that. And I think that it's just going to really start showing on the field. And you saw that with Devin White. He played really fast against New Orleans. So did Sean Murphy Bunting. He had a couple really huge tackles on third down in the first couple drives. Antoine Winfield had a huge play to break up what would have been a touchdown pass late in the game. And I just think these young players stepping up is what we said was going to be so important from the team last year. And we're really, I think, going to see it this year. You know, one of the things that I think about, and, it, and it's real simple, and, and you guys may laugh at this, but in all honesty, these guys have nothing else to do but football. COVID-19 has changed what we all do, how we all behave. All of us are going out less. You, we're not – listen, Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis are not hanging out uh, on Wednesday and Thursday nights, you know, down on, in, in South Tampa and places like that. They understand the responsibility. I mean, they are focused on football. Todd Bowles talked about uh, Will Golston this year. They gave him some things that he needed to work on, and, and he spent the entire offseason, and it's paid off for him. Again, um, I don't like the lockdown. I don't like COVID, but, hey, maybe it's making this football team a little bit more focused because there really is nothing to do but, but, but football. And right, Mark, that, that's, a great, that's a great point. And the other thing, too, is, is there was no vacations this offseason. There was no right. summer vacations for anybody, right? And, yeah. and, and so if you're, if, if you're a football player, right, and, and you're used to having the OTAs and the minicamp, et cetera, and you don't have that, right, there's no, there's no need for a, a reprieve. And a lot of players didn't really vacation and travel. So they've just been jonesing for football. They didn't get their football fix from those, those workouts in the offseason and the OTAs and in mini camps. And so you could tell they, they dove into those Zoom meetings and 
or, or the gym. Watched a ton of film. Yeah, yeah, or, or, exactly. Or spend more time at the gym. I mean, look at Jordan Whitehead. I mean, it looks completely different than he did look at Alex last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys have transformed uh, themselves. So, you know what? Thank you, COVID. Thank you very much, COVID. I, I'm not even going to complain about COVID anymore. If there's Just one kidding. silver lining to come sucks. out of it, it's the shape the Bucks are in. Yes. That's the title of the podcast, Matt. No, I'm no, kidding. it's not. Um, it's definitely not. <laughs> Speaking of silver linings, guys, um, we're in the middle of hurricane season. We've got another month and a half to go, but don't be caught with uh, with without the proper coverage. And the best way to find out if your property is protected, whether it's your home, whether it's your business, whether it's your life insurance, is to call Briar Greaves in Tampa. Briar Greaves uh, has been in business for over 30 years. They're huge Buccaneer fans, season ticket holders. You can reach them by dialing 813-876-4166. Again, 876-4166. Locally owned here uh, in Tampa Bay. Make sure to check them out. And and the most important thing is, look, there are storms that we just uh, saw moved up into the panhandle. They hit the Alabama uh, Florida coastline, Scott, uh, Gulf Shores area that you evacuated a few years ago. Yeah, um, during Hurricane that area, Irma, just, we actually we had an, we had a what we called a evacuation vacation. And yeah, <laughs> instead of covering the Bucks Bears game in Week One, we actually went up to to Gulf Shores and and uh, the Orange Beach area up there and had a lovely and they time. Took a, and they took a direct hit. And the thing is, Scott, yeah. that you know, uh, uh, three or four days before it made landfall. You know, they were thinking, okay, strong tropical storm, maybe a one, but he made landfall at a strong category two hurricane. There were people yeah. who were caught without the proper coverage. Make sure that you are covered. Give Briar Greaves a call. Call Briar, call Sam, and let them take a look at your policy. Let them, you know, you've got a homeowner's policy or a renter's policy now. Um, let them take a look at what you have. See if they can find you better coverage, maybe cheaper coverage, maybe save you a little bit of money. Might be able to save you money and get you more coverage. That would be ideal, but don't get caught. Uh, in a bind like some of the folks have in the past. Again, don't always think about if you own a home, if you have a rental, if you are a renter, um, do you have a condo, if you have an apartment complex, you need to have coverage there as well. You, your, your apartment complex, your condo association doesn't cover your personal loss inside. You need to cover your personal contents and it's relatively inexpensive, but Briar Greaves is the place to go for that. Again, all lines of insurance, give them a call, 4166. And Taylor, have you called Briar Greaves yet for your rental insurance, renter's insurance? I've not yet. I've not yet, but it is on the to-do list. We are very busy. We've got a lot of Bucks coverage going on, the best around as far as I'm concerned, but I will be sure to put that on my to-do list. It's very on my to-do list as well, Mark, just in case you're wondering. And in, in, in case you're wondering too about this this Panthers team and, and listen, I, I don't want to take anything away from the Buccaneers secondary, but I've been on record and I've, I've caught some flack over it from some of you uh, wise guys as well. But I, I said, Michael Thomas is a top 10 receiver, but he's number 10. Okay. And, and, I, and I stand, Still no, wrong. I stand by that. He had three Maybe catches for 17 ankle. yards. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he, but when did he get the bad ankle? The bad ankle happened right when the saints were trying mm, to run the score up. No, no pregame. You know, it, it, it happened, it, you know, it happened late in the game. He had three catches for 17 yards, hardly any separation from, from what I saw it. I haven't watched the old 22 uh, completely yet because the NFL didn't out. get it up till uh, about five minutes Thursday ago. Thursday at noon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But I, I, before we, we anoint this Buccaneer secondary as, as being up there with the John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Brian Kelly, Dexter Jackson group, 
They're both, uh, I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit. And the reason why I want to do that is because Michael Thomas is a really good possession receiver. He does a great job of catching the ball when thrown to him. And, but he doesn't get the separation. Emmanuel Sanders was fast. He's not fast anymore. He is uh, 33 years old. And I like his speed better at 23 than I do at 33. And Jared Cook's a pretty fast tight end. And when, when there's a blown coverage, yeah, he's going to be open for 46 yards. But I just think the Buccaneers secondary did a pretty good job against a Saints group that is not exactly track stars. They're not the, the fleet of foot uh, guys that you're going to see when the Panthers come to town. And Robbie Anderson is the old man of the group. He's 27 years old. And he had uh, a 75-yard touchdown, 114 yards last week against the Raiders. And I don't think the Raiders' secondary is exactly full of world beaters. But the speed that Robbie Anderson, the DJ Moore, the Curtis Samuel has, that uh, Christian McCaffrey has coming out of the backfield, it's just a different level than what the Saints is. Now, the Saints receiver is more accomplished. I'll give them that. But in wow, terms of speed, I just want to see how – Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Jordan Whitehead stack up against the speed that's going to be on the field against Carolina. I think they're going to do a really good job. Don't get me wrong. I'm picking the Bucs to win this game. But I just want to see how fast the Bucs secondary can play against what is a pretty fast Carolina secondary. I'm sorry. I mean, I will Carolina wide receiving court. Breaking news, Scott Reynolds saying the Saints uh, have a worse offense than the Panthers. The Panthers, Scott Reynolds on record saying the That's Panthers have a better offense than no, the Saints. I just simply yeah, I said it. the Panthers no, receiving core is faster than the Saints. That's all. I will so say coming the, into the men's season, track team, but that doesn't mean they can play good football. Go ahead. Taylor, coming into the season, I said the biggest question about this Bucks team was going to be their secondary because they were so young. And I mean, really, before the second half of last season, Sean Murphy Bunting had played pretty well, but Carlton Davis, there was a point when I thought he was going to have to be a safety because as, as much as he could do eliminating separation, he couldn't cover guys without being too physical and drawing flags. And now at the second half of last season, we saw him do that. And we saw him shut guys, I won't say shut them down, but I mean, he held DeAndre Hopkins to what, the second lowest career total or yardage total in his career. He largely took Julio Jones out of a couple of Falcons games. Jamel Dean was able to step up and play right there with Calvin Ridley in a couple of those matchups. He had a huge interception against Larry Fitzgerald in his first play when he got thrown in against, um, against the Cardinals. And then they came into week one facing Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, not necessarily, like you said, Scott, not necessarily track stars, but guys that have been dominant in this league and held Michael Thomas to three catches for 17 yards. And I put up on my Twitter videos from that, from his coverage, the three catches that Michael Thomas made, he had no business catching. The oh, one yeah. that he caught um, coming across the formation, Carlton Davis literally well, had got, his he's arm. He's got really good hands. He's got big hands. He he's a big body guy. You know, reminds me a lot of Keyshawn Johnson. He'll, he'll catch the ball. And, uh, and, and do that, but he just doesn't get a ton of separation, you know? And when you, when you get targeted 3,000 times like he did last year, yeah, you're going to catch 149 balls. And I think the biggest thing that scared me was, are they going to slide back? Are they going to play like they did in the second half of last season where they were, um, I mean, I know they weren't going against a ton of super, super high-powered offenses in that second half, but they were one of the best secondaries in the NFL for the last seven weeks of last season. And to see them go in and play the way that they did against 
a very, very good offense, I think mm, is a great sign. To Scott. I'm not ready offense. to anoint them as, as a top three unit in the league, but I think that for that being my biggest fear on this Bucks team, because you know what they have on offense, and you know what their offensive line is. It's not the greatest offensive line, but I mean, we, I don't think any of us expected Donovan Smith to play like he did in that game, but yeah. we know what the offensive line is. But I oh. think the biggest problem that the Bucks faced last season was their secondary next to yeah. you know, whose turnovers. And yeah. so to see them step up and play you know that whose well turnovers look at you. Oh, I don't even want to bring the name up because I know Tom Brady's. I know. No, 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 no. No, the Tom other guys for 32 this year. Yeah. Don't even want to bring him up. But we saw that, and to see that, I mean, I think that was a huge step for that young group, and I think it's a really, really good sign, God. at least to this point in the season after hey, one. Speaking of of young group, young guys, holy smokes, the Panthers, they have just blown up their defense, right? James Bradbury goes to New York in free agency. He was their best cover corner, maybe their best player outside of Luke Keekley who retires, right? So Luke keekley has gone. James Bradbury's gone. Their entire defensive line is just about obliterated from, from last year. Uh, Brian Burns, the first-round draft pick, had a pretty good rookie season. He's really the only pass-rushing threat they've got up front. They drafted uh, Yutir Gross-Matos in the second round out of Penn State. The news today is and, and he was the guy that was going to go up against Donovan Smith and really struggled in his rookie debut. But, boy, um, <laughs> Uh, he's in the concussion protocol. He's a late add to the concussion protocol, much like Chris Godwin. We'll talk about that Chris Godwin injury in a second. But this Panthers defensive line, they spent a first-round pick on Derek Brown. He had a, a really solid debut. He is a disruptive defensive tackle up front, and he's a load against the run. He can also rush the passer and collapse the pocket. And uh, But it's it's very green. And, and that's secondary. They started two uh, rookies. Troy Pride Jr. at a Notre Dame, and he got lit up like like a Christmas tree, and it was targeted six times. Gave up uh, a touchdown pass, gave up the fifty-five yard or uh, forty-five yard pass to Henry Ruggs, uh, gave up all six of his targets, and got beaten like a drum. He's a starting corner. Dante Jackson, the, the other starting corner, was a promising player last year out of LSU. Played eleven snaps, injured his ankle. And Rasul Douglas came in to replace him and, and played okay. Uh, Jackson's back at practice this week, and they're going to need him because Pride was a real, real liability out there against the Raiders. And they also had another rookie that started uh, the safety position, Jeremy Chin. So there's a lot of youth and inexperience that I think this more veteran Tampa Bay team, in some respects, can take advantage of. And and uh, you know, I asked Todd Bowles that question. He kind of said, well, you know, or did I ask? No, I asked Byron Luffridge that question. And Byron kind of came out with the coach speak. Well, you know, you don't, you don't look at youth and you don't look at, at uh, uh, trying to, you know, take advantage of guys just because they're young, they're in the NFL. And that's great coach speak. But listen, at any level, whether it's Pop Warner, high school, college, uh, at, at the pro level, you're sitting in those meetings as coaches and you're looking at, at this guy and say, we're going to pick on him. This is the guy we're going to exploit. This guy over here, we like this matchup here. We're going to go right at him. So I understand you got to say that publicly, but but uh, if if Troy Pride Jr. is out there on the field, which he will be in that secondary, you better believe the Buccaneers are going to go right at him. And they may be, Mark, it looks like they're going to be without Chris Godwin, who was a late addition to the 
the uh, concussion protocol. He was on the conference call with us on Tuesday, but showed up Wednesday at the facility with some concussion-like symptoms, and he's missed these last two practices. Yeah, and you wrote a great article, um, spoke to Dr. Chow, who talked about why he said this is really not a very good situation when a guy has a late ad. Um, you, I, from what I gathered from the article, Scott, is you would rather the guy exhibit those symptoms immediately um, after the hit as opposed to two or three days later. But I don't want to give away the whole article. We want people to go to PeterReport.com and read what Dr. Chow had to say about it specifically. But, um, you know, look, if, if Godwin's going to miss this week, hopefully it's just one week if he does miss. Um, you know, this is the secondary to, to be missing, you know, one of your top receivers too. Yeah. Especially, especially given that. how good Scotty Miller played too. I, right. I think the this, this Buccaneer offense still has enough weapons, especially with Mike Evans healthy enough to play 95% of the snaps last week. And, and uh, he said he's feeling better which is a, a very good sign for him playing and hopefully one wire to wire again in week two. You know, you talked about earlier the Buccaneers being favorites in this game. I, I'm, I'm considering, um, you know, taking a little money out of the old cook trust fund, digging up an old jar of Confederate money and taking some down to the, the betting factory. But I don't really know anywhere to go, Scott, if I wanted to put a few dollars on the Buccaneers this week. Well, I can tell you a, a place to go. And they're a hell of a lot richer because I took a friggin' bath last weekend with my bets. But maybe you'll do better State, than me, State, Pewter Florida Nation. State. Yeah. Oh uh, no! You guys I, bet on USF? I, I didn't. I should have, Taylor. In hindsight, yeah, I should have. But uh, no, I, I bet on Iowa State and Kansas State, and, and they got rolled by the Sun Belt Conference. Arkansas State beat my alma mater, and uh, no, Rick Stroud was happy about that. And uh, and then Louisiana rolls into to uh, Iowa State and spanks them. And Iowa State was ranked number 23 in the nation and lost all three starting running backs, including Raymond Calais, who was the seventh-round draft pick by the Bucks, now with the Rams. But the, the Louisiana uh, Raging Cajuns lost all three of their top running backs. And they're a running team, so like it matters that, that they're three deep. They lost all three starting running backs. And, and those guys did start in rotation. So it was a three-headed monster for Louisiana. In addition to two of their offensive linemen, Robert Hunt, I believe, was a second-round pick. So I was shocked that Louisiana was able to handle Iowa State the way they did. But listen, if you're smarter than me, and you probably are when it comes to your NFL and college football and, and NHL and MLB and NBA bets, listen, all these sports are happening right now. And, and it's time for winning season. And winning season has returned at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers around. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice, the NFL has returned, and that means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code Pewter and double your first deposit. New players are going to get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use the promo code Pewter and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. You know, I'm going to take this week off, lick my wounds, recover my Good losses idea. a little bit, wait for the next paycheck to come around, and then I'll be back at my bookie probably next week where I will bet Oklahoma heavy over Kansas State for sure. Did you did you say new to players get? To it sounded like that. it was new yeah. player. It was oh. new. I, I, what if it, you're new and nude? 
Like me and well, Taylor, you're, you're we not you're not going to get a double double bonus. It's just going to be that one double bonus. So it'd be it would be a really small bonus if we were nude. All right, so uh, I'm going to go to my bookie and I'm going to uh, take Use out the promo code cuter. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to deposit a hundred dollars, which means they'll give me two hundred dollars, and I'm going to put all of that on the New York Islanders tonight. Thank you, Scott, oh, for the hot yeah. bet tip of the week. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, go Lightning. I'm just kidding. I'm definitely yes, pulling for the Lightning. All right, before we get done with our podcast, it is time for, drum roll please, we don't have one, but if we did have one, it would sound like a drum roll, and we would give our pewter predictions. Who is going to win this week? I think we've already kind of hinted who we're going to be picking, uh, but we're going to go to Taylor first. Taylor, who do you got, and what's the score? I already thought that the Bucks were going to win this matchup. I mean, you've got a Panthers team that lost a ton of starters on both sides of the ball, new coach, new quarterback. But after Tom Brady going down with the Bucks and losing in week one, he looks mad. And I think they're just going to beat the brakes off of Carolina. I mean, Carolina has some, I mean, they have a young, strong defensive line. They've got some good receivers. Teddy Bridgewater, like you said, doesn't turn the ball over, but 30 to 60. And I got the Bucks taking this one easy. All right, let me give you mine. I've got to jump off this podcast real quick. We're almost done anyway, but let me give you my prediction. Buccaneers are going to win 100-0. to zero. Not really, but I think they are going to win, and they're going to win big. I think it's going to be 40 for the Buccaneers, 17 for the Panthers. Tampa Bay is going to take out their anger, the frustration. Tom Brady's going to have one hell of a game. They're going to hold McCaffrey under 100 yards, and, um, and they're going to prove that uh, their Panthers offense is not as good as the Saints, even though Scott's thinks thinks that they are that's so Buccaneers 40 Panthers 17 all right well I believe the Buccaneers are going to bounce back I'm going to stick with my prediction from my season predictions where the Bucs will start one and one on the season and I do think that the Bucs offense is going to come to life it helps that Mike Evans is getting healthier and even without Chris Godwin I think this Bucs offense puts up 37 points against the Panthers. I think that the youth um, is just it, – it can't match up to some of the experienced players that Tampa Bay has across the board on offense. 37-26. I think the Panthers' offense showed me a little bit. I'm not exactly sure how good or bad the Raiders' defense is, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, proved to be a bit of a force in week one and um, didn't really light up the, the stat sheet, if you will, but uh, I, I did like – the, his field general-like approach and his certainly his understanding of Joe Brady's offense with those two guys having worked in New Orleans together just a couple of years ago uh, before Brady went to LSU for that magical season winning a national championship with the Tigers. So 37-26 Buccaneers get their, uh, their first win before what I'd love to say is a raucous crowd at Ray J, but unfortunately it's not. So I think Buccaneer fans will be watching at home and uh, tuning in to uh, Pewter Report's coverage on Twitter. Uh, if you're not following us on Twitter, please do so at Pewter Report, as well as on PewterReport.com's message board, or red board, where Matt Matera hosts our official game day thread. So be sure to stick to PewterReport.com. We've got an, a new brand new SRS Fab Five coming out on Friday. Friday afternoon, we'll have our uh, in-depth Pewter predictions and previews. And uh, then we'll have some other great content for you this weekend as we lead up to a one o'clock start at Raymond James Stadium with the Bucks playing the Panthers, both teams winless on Fox. And um, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to actually being at Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be weird with it being empty, but uh, 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 we'll be there and 
covering all the action that uh, that is fit to print. Well, Scott, I think that just about does it. Unfortunately, since I'm wrapping up the podcast, that means that our good friend Mark Cook has walked the plank early. But unless there's anything else we've got to cover, we got the Bucks coming up on Sunday against the Panthers and four. Producer extraordinaire Matt Matera, for the departed Mark Cook, and for the boss Scott Reynolds, I am Taylor Jenkins saying thank you for joining us again on the Peter Nation podcast, and we will see you next time. Out. 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 Oh.